Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I am speaking with Jeff Griffin. Louisa, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this group. I always say that it's it's easy to look good on the shoulders of giants, and and so thank you for allowing me to you know sit on your shoulders for a few minutes. And, and so thank you guys who are here. I I don't know how many we have here, but I have 12 on mine down here, maybe more popping on, but I know that most of us could find a dozen other things to do than, than be on a Zoom call with, with each other. But and I, and I understand that time is one of those things that we cannot give back. And so I want to make sure that our time is well spent. So Louisa, you, you, you said that we had three hours, right? Four. Huh. Four, but who's counting? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whoever, <laughs> whoever's thinking that, they can they, they can jump off right now. But Eastern Standard Girl probably won't last that long. <laughs> oh, 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 we've got Eastern time. Okay, so what? what it's nine thirty your time. We better get going here. We better get going here. And but I am going to open it up for a little Q and A, and and just I want to share a few things, a few, few thoughts with you guys before I do that, but. I do want to start with this. Every minute you doubt it's possible, you give up 60 seconds in finding the solution. Let me let me let me re restate that. Let me re-say that, I guess. Every minute you doubt it's possible, you give up 60 seconds in finding the solution. And here's what I've learned. And what what you can't see is I am in a wheelchair. I went from four, I went from six one to four seven overnight. In between seasons, I, I played football in college, and in between seasons, I broke my back, and I see things different, figuratively and literally. I went from six one to four seven. And I speak all over the world, and you know I've been compared to Tony Robbins, except at fractional of a price. I've been compared to David Goggins, without the mouth, and some people have even in compared me to John Mac as inspiring as John Maxwell, but I like to think that I'm just me and you're just you and the world needs both of us and the world needs your voice and the world needs your message. Just like I believe it needs my message. But uh, as I was mentioning, I go out all over the world and, and I'm in a wheelchair and I address the elephant in the room immediately about how good looking I am. Huh. You got a great smile. <laughs> the hair. It is the hair, right? It is. It is the hair. Absolutely, got a great smile going for me. You know, I, I, I can jokingly say that because I know that that's not true. But the elephant is like blaring right in people's face. Other than how good looking I am, that I'm in a wheelchair. 
you know, I'm in a wheelchair and I'm physically paralyzed. In fact, the doctors gave me a 0% chance of ever standing and ever walking again. You know, the experts gave me a 0% chance of having kids. Like it's the first function to go, last to come back. Some of the experts gave me a 0% chance of getting married, not because of my wheelchair, but just because of who I am. And uh, mm-hmm. my wife and I have celebrated 25 years. We have four beautiful biological kids and I can get up out of my chair and I can waddle across the stage after I've been told that I would never be able to do those things. And the reason why I share this with you is because I may be physically paralyzed, but I believe most of us, if not all of us, are paralyzed from the demons of doubt, fear, and complacency, which plagues us and and keeps us from achieving that which we have the ability. I really do believe that each and every one of you on this call tonight has the ability to achieve their dreams and desires. We come from infinite intelligence. And, uh, and, and, and by believing this and having faith in this, we have the ability to create a consistent and resilient and concentrated routine that can help us get to that which the masses says is impossible. And, and so again, going back to every minute you doubt it's possible. You give up 60 seconds of finding the solution. And one thing I've, I've, I've discovered over these years is we are so good at identifying the problem. <laughs> I got a problem. This is my problem. And, and we're so good at, at describing the problem. And problems sell. They really do. Because, you know, uh, let, me, let me eliminate your problem. But the problem isn't the problem. Because we all have problems. You have a problem. I have a problem. Mine's bigger than yours, of course. But... I don't want to have any of you guys feel like I'm making fun or making light of your problem and your pain because I've learned that all pain hurts, no matter the size. But I've also learned too that every problem under the sun has a solution or it has none. If there be one, hurry and find it. If there be none, never mind it. Mm-hmm. And so we spend so much time identifying and defining and identifying the problem that we don't spend enough time with the solution. And so there's the problem. We have this great big, huge gap that we're trying to eliminate. And I believe I've discovered some some flecks of gold that have helped thousands narrow that gap and connect the gap and help thousands move forward and climb their mountains that uh, that they're excited to climb. And so I'm, again, as like I mentioned before, I am so grateful to be here tonight. And, and I'd like to share with you guys, if that's okay, you know, what I believe are the three Ds that are at the foundation of every solution. You ready for them? Grab your pens and notebooks. <laughs> Okay, so these these uh, these three Ds I believe are at the foundation of evolution and every problem. And and first of all, before I get into these three Ds, I want to share the three biggest lies. I want to identify the three biggest lies that we typically tell ourselves. Lie number one: I'm not good enough. Louisa might be good enough. David might be good enough. Kevin might be good enough. Joseph might be good enough. Tess might be good enough, but I'm not good enough. So lie number one is I'm not good enough. And as I mentioned before, you are good enough. You come from infinite intelligence. You do have the ability to achieve your dreams and desires. 
we've just got to eliminate those demons of doubt, fear, and complacency. We need to slay them. We need to bridle them. We need to, in fact, harness them and use some of those some of those demons to to help fuel us forward. A lot of us tell us we got to slay them, kill them, and, and get rid of them. But uh, I say bridle them, harness them, use them, convert them into other tools that have a longer shelf life. And so lie number one, I'm not good enough. Lie number two, I don't have the tools or skills to accomplish my dreams and desires. I don't know. Does everyone have a phone, a little smartphone on them? I don't know if anyone has, you know, the, the iPhones. I was, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to go iPhone. I'm not going to do it. I, I've met some people who are like, man, they've got, they've got the one next, the, you know, the most current iPhone. And there's some people like, yeah, I got the one, the two, the three, the four. My favorite question to ask is, did, did anyone get the nine, the iPhone nine? And there's some people that will raise their hand like, yeah, I got the nine. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> because in 2017, they celebrated the 10-year anniversary of the iPhone. It came out in 2007. 2017, they skipped nine and went to the iPhone X, which is Roman numeral for 10. And so after embarrassing them, I'm like, okay, so that's just bad marketing on, on, on Apple there. Just imagine where we've come in the last 10 years from 2007, 2017, we're, we're now 2023. The pictures that we take on our phones have as much memory as the supercomputer did at NASA. And we have more information in the palm of our hands than the president of the United States did back in 1992. So it's not a matter of resources. It's a matter of resourcefulness. Going back to, I've got to eliminate this idea that it's not possible. It's not possible. So line number one, I'm not good enough. Line number two, I don't have the tools or skills. And line number three, I can do this myself. Does anybody have any two-year-olds, three-year-olds? maybe grandkids, kids or whatever it is, but I love them. I really do. And, and, and my two-year-old would always tell me all the time, I do it myself. I do it myself. I do it myself. And I'm like, okay, absolutely. I want you to discover. I want you to learn. I want you to stretch. I want you to grow. And we could do a lot on our own. We really can, but we can't do as much as we possibly can unless we do it with a team. And you'll see behind me, my USA jersey. I had the opportunity to play in 2004 Olympic team. And, and I got to discover what it really means to play as a team. And I also got to discover the contrast of what it means to not play as a team. And there were some beautiful experiences that happened there in 2004, but I've learned for myself that team really does mean together, everyone achieves more. And if you truly want to go further, go farther, go faster, you've got to do it with the team. And so those lies can be turned upside down. Lie number one, I'm not good enough. Turn that upside down. I am good enough. I can do this. I do have the ability to achieve my dreams and desires. Line number two, I don't have the tools or skills. You do have the tools and skills. It's just a matter of eliminating that word, I can't. I can't is a debilitating, limiting, and poisonous word. And as soon as you tell yourself, I can't, your mind accepts it immediately. And it shuts down all the possibilities and all the answers that can come by simply saying, you know what? I can I can figure this out. So again, going back to every minute you doubt it's possible, you give up 60 seconds in finding the solution. And so there's going to be some of you out there, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Pollyannish. That's 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 all good and whatnot. I'm like, I don't agree with it. I'm like, you know, what about what about me? Who you know, I'm not naturally optimistic. I'm not naturally person, and uh, and that's okay because the three Ds will help you flip the switch and reframe things and see things different. So you ready for the three Ds? Number one D, dream. What is your dream? What is your destination? Where, where, what direction do you need to go? And so really it's dream. The first one is a dream. Do you know what, do you know what your dream is? Do you know what you want? Because unfortunately, most of us as human beings, you know, we don't, most of us, you know, don't know what we want. I mean, most of us don't know what we want, but the majority of us know what we don't want, if that makes sense. If you've ever hung out with friends, you're like, let's go get some lunch. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get some lunch. What do you want? I don't care. Anything, whatever you want. I'm like, okay, how about Mexican? No, I don't want that. And you're like, well, I thought you didn't care. You're like, okay, yeah, I, do, I don't, just not Mexican. You're like, okay, well, what do you want to go? I don't care, wherever. I'm like, okay, well, let's go. How about Italian? Nah, I don't want Italian. I'm like, I thought you just, I, I thought you just said you didn't care where you went. And so, you know, again, so going back to most of us know what we don't want, but the majority of us know, very few of us know what we want. And the majority of us know what we don't want. But the problem is wherever our focus goes, our energy flows. And so if we continue to tell ourselves what we don't want, we're going to continue to get what we don't want. And unfortunately, you know, there's all those gurus out there like, hey, listen, you got to have your why. You got to have, you got to know your vision. You got to know all these things, but they don't teach you how to do it. And I call it dream weaving. And dream weaving in 10 minutes is all it takes. And we don't have time to go into that tonight. But if you want more information, I'd be happy to, to give you that. But it's, it's amazing on how it unlocks it. But my question to you is, do you know what your dream is? Would you be able to state it in a clear, concise statement. And, then, and you know, their businesses, businesses have their vision statement, but do individuals, do individuals have it? And what's interesting is 2% of businesses out there have a clear written statement and very few individuals in that company know what it is. And so if George Bernard Shaw is accurate, he says that 2% of the population think, 3% of the population think they think, and 95% of the population would rather die than think. And, I, and, I, and I've witnessed it, you know, that 95% these last three years. But where are you at? Are you in the 2%? Are you in the 3%? Or are you in the 95%? Have you taken some time to figure out what it is that you, that you want? What is your dream? What is that song that sings inside your soul? When was the last time you allowed yourself to dream in HD, in color? And I'm not talking about dreams that you had, you know, as you slept. I'm talking about those dreams that just gets you excited, that just lights the fire within. And, you know, when's the last time you allowed yourself to weave that tapestry of dreams that's going to hang on somebody else's social media wall? Do you know what it is? Fortunately, when I was a little kid, I knew what, I, I knew what my dream was. I wanted to uh, play football. You know, I was a receiver and I wanted to go play down in South at BYU. I, I, I was raised in Northern Utah and I wanted to go play at BYU. I wanted to play on the big stage. I wanted to play for the next All-American quarterback down at BYU. And, and I remember telling somebody my dream. And guess what they did? They yes, laughed sir. at me. And they gave me all the reasons why I couldn't do it. Griff, you can't play football in college. You're too short. Some people are like, Griff, you can't play football in college. You're too slow. Some people even told me I couldn't play football in college because I was too white. 
I'm like, okay, I get that. Too short, too slow, too wide. What am I going to do now? I'm like, okay, but guess what? I'm going to continue to, to listen to that song that sings to my soul. Now I get that your song may not be to play football. Some of us are, you know, over the hill and we can't do that. But I do know that each and every one of us has a song inside our soul. When was the last time you listened to it? When was the last time you played it? When was the last time you sang it out loud? When was the last time you allowed the world to hear that music? And and it's not going to, it's not going to be the 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 song that everyone needs to hear. There's eight billion, nearly eight billion people out there, but there are some that need to hear your song. And so, do you know what your dream is? And fortunately for me, as a little kid, I didn't realize that we as human beings we reject what we don't understand and we base our possibilities on what we know. An easier way to say it is other people base our possibilities on their limitations or we base other people's possibilities on our limitations. Fortunately for me, you know, I wasn't smart enough to know and understand these things. I just knew that I wanted to play football in college and I continued to, to chase down that dream. I got to taste the sweetness of success and played two downs in college. And, and as I mentioned, in between seasons, I, I broke my back. I came home and started my own business. I was painting a barn up in Napoleon Dynamite country in Preston, Idaho, right across the border from where I grew up. And I fell 40 feet. The scaffolding and ladder slipped out from underneath me. And I came straight down, stuck the landing, and broke my back. My dreams of playing football shattered over. As I was lying on my back next to this unpainted barn, you know, I, I, I voiced my fear for the first time out loud as my buddy came up to me and started shaking me. He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, I don't think you should be doing that. And I'm like, Doug, I think I'm paralyzed. And he's like, you can't be. I'm like, no, I think I'm paralyzed. Go call the ambulance. And so Doug ran off and left me there. I'd fallen 40 feet. My dreams of playing football shattered, done, over. And so my question that I want to present to you guys who are here and who are still here, and hopefully it's not too late back in the East, but what do you do when you're faced with a difficult challenge or a major setback? What's your MO? Because you always hear people say, you know what? I'll just rise to the occasion. I'll just step up to the occasion. I'll just step up to the moment. But one thing I've learned is when the moment to perform has arrived, the moment for preparation has passed. And most of us, most of us don't rise to the occasion. We go back to what is familiar. We go back to what is natural, what is, has been learned, what has been programmed. And so what is your program? Because I always say, whenever we increase the pressure, what happens to performance? Does it decrease or increase? When you increase that pressure, most of the time productivity decreases unless you're prepared. That's why defensive coordinators try to go blitz the quarterback to see how well they're prepared. That's why basketball coaches try to put on a press to see how well they're prepared. And I love, I love the principle of the law of the harvest. I love it because fruit is true to its nature. Fruit is true to, true to its nature. And, uh, and what I mean by that is this, you know, what, when you apply pressure to fruit, what comes out? Juice. Juice. Absolutely. That was quick. I don't know who that was, but that was quick. You apply pressure to a fruit, juice comes out. And if you apply pressure to a, an apple, what kind of juice do you get? Apple juice. Apple juice. You apply pressure to a pear, you get pear juice. You apply pressure to a peach, you get peach juice. What happens when you apply pressure to a human? 
You get human juice. Absolutely. You get human juice. Um, But here's what's interesting. I don't know how many times I talk to people, you know, they plant a potato and they expect a pineapple. And and, and we've, we've got this, you know, these laws of life. And if we can tap into and we can understand, you're like, boom, all I got to do is just plug into it. All I got to do is plug into it and we're going to get the results. And fruit is true to its nature. We as human beings are not true to our creation. Because when we apply pressure to a human, what comes out, what we put in. And so if we don't like what is coming out, then we've got to change what we put in, which leads to my second D. So the first one is a dream. And the second one is desire. Does your desire match up with your dreams? Is your desire desperate? Is your desire true? Is, it, is, is your desire deliberate? You know, you've heard that, you might've heard that saying, burn the boats. You know, is your, is your desire that desperate to where you've just burned the boats and there's no other, there's no other way and there's no other direction than, than forward. And, and it took me some years to figure that out, but I've learned that it can be developed in seconds, if not minutes. And I call it the possibility principle. That's the P squared mindset. The possibility principle helps develop this P squared mindset that helps with the desire to where it matches up with your dreams. And there's five things that come with that, that come with the possibility principle. You know, there's three results. I mean, there's, there's five benefits that come from developing that P-squared mindset. If the 3Ds are at the foundation, the possibility principle is at the footings. And if you guys want this principle, if, you'll, if you will text me the word possible, I'm going I'm to give you my number. And, uh, and if you want that, I'm going to send you this possibility principle for free. And so my number, somebody can write this down, put it in the chat, 801-842-1213. If you, if you text the word possible at that number, I will send you this possibility principle. But what it does is, is it allows you to match up your desires with your dreams to where the floodgates of imagination just open up and, and then you're just just the floodgates are, are open and all these things just start flooding in and you get to live life in HD in color. And the possibility principle will also teach you what success is. And what's interesting is, you know, so often, you know, just shout it out there. A lot of times we teach that the opposite of success is what? Failure. Failure. Absolutely. But I've never met anybody who has succeeded, who hasn't failed their way to success. And so the possibility principle allows us to give us permission to fail when we're learning something new. And, and I've learned that failures at first are triumphs at last, as long as you just don't quit. And, uh, and so, you know, fail, be okay with failure until you have learned it. Cause there's some things, right? I don't want my pilot to fail. I don't want my surgeon to fail. I don't want my wife's surgeon to fail. So there's certain things that we want to make sure that we can grasp and understand. And, uh, and so, but at first, right? Give yourself permission to fail. And then of course the P squared, uh, you know, the P squared mindset, the possibility principle is going to also teach you to be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's, it's in the strength that we find it's in the, you know, the, it's in the stretch and the struggle that we find the strength and where we grow and, and, and it's in the process, which is the fourth, fourth thing, trust the process. The, the possibility principle will give you a process, will teach you a process that will, 
that will lead you to success. And so often we talk about the promises, but we abort the process and, and try to go get that, pro, you know, that blessing, that promise. And, but it's in the process that we find the progression. So trust the process. And then the last one, which is my favorites, you know, Angela Duckworth's book called Grit. I would recommend getting that and reading that after you have read mine, I'm Possible, Desire, Dream, Do. But that Angela is- Duck, was that, a, was that a plug? Was that a shameless plug or what? Love it. But, but uh, Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, she talks about these cadets at West Point and she talks about grit and, and, she's, and she says that gritty people are hopeful people. I love her book, but I think she has that upside down because to me, I believe that hopeful people are gritty people. She says that gritty people are hopeful people. And I say that hopeful people are gritty people. And for me, hope is the ability to reach out to the future and grab onto your dreams and bring it back to the present in spite of your past, in spite of your failures, in spite of your setbacks, in spite of your challenges. It's the ability to get back up and try one more time, to take that step. Inch by inch is a cinch, yard by yard is hard. And so first D, dream. Second D, desire. Third D, you heard it. And that is do. Vince Lombardi said that man cannot dream himself into character. He must hammer and forge one for himself. We can dream all day. We can desire all day. We can develop it. We can do all these things. But if unless we get up out of our chairs and move forward and do something and uh, move towards it, nothing's going to happen. And sometimes the only thing that we can do is the heavy lifting in between our ears. We can focus on what we can do or we can focus on what we can't do. And so after I received the news that I was paralyzed from the waist down, I had a new dream. I had a new dream, and that dream was to, to walk again. And I told the doctor my dream, and guess what the doctor did? Left. Gave me every single reason why I couldn't do it. He pointed his finger at my chest, and he says, Griff, it's impossible. And I love the quote from Muhammad Ali that says, impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the moment they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. And so for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get out of the hospital as soon as I can because the doctor wants to teach me how to live life from a wheelchair. I'm going to, I want to live life. And, and that leads me to, you know, are you barely breathing and calling it a life? Are you barely breathing and call it a life? Are you just barely getting through life and, 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 and you know, and telling people that that's your dream? Because again, going back to what I've mentioned before, every minute we doubt it's possible, we give up 60 seconds and find a solution. Do you know what your dream is? Are you developing that desire that matches your dream? And, and we've discovered some simple steps that, that are predictable, that are repeatable, and are proven. I've, I've worked with some of the harshest critics called teenagers over the years. And I've gone on to work with even harsher critics called executives because adults are just teenagers who haven't figured it out and, and, and we're having some amazing success. You know, I, I, the, the Navy SEALs taught me this powerful lesson back in 2019 when I went and trained with them down there at uh, Coronado. And they're like, Griff, it's simple to be a Navy SEAL. It's just not easy. And so these, these, these skills, these tools, these steps that we have are super, super simple. They're just not easy, but, the, the importance is, is, is to really identify and know what those steps are. And, and so instead of guessing, instead of guessing, you know, we actually know what's happening. We know what uh, to plan for, what to prepare for and, and to do. 
And, and so you might be able to see over my shoulder, I've written a second book called Endless Possibilities, which is kind of like the nuts and bolts. It's the, it's the stuff you do. It's the, it's called Endless Possibility, the 90 day world rest, the 90 day recipe for world record results. And, and it's, and it's just, it's just amazing to, to see what people are doing and what mountains people are climbing. And, and I'm so looking forward to kind of coming back in, poking my head in and, and seeing where you guys are at. But again, those three D's desire, dream, and do. And then the three lies that we tell ourselves, if we can eliminate those, if we can eliminate those lies and start to work on those three D's, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. You know, you've heard those cliches that a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, you know, attitude determine, you know, altitude, sorry, attitude determines altitude. And so how, how high are you willing to fly? It's just a matter of adjusting our attitude and flipping the switch and reframing things and, and working on, on that desire that will get us there. And the daily dime is the key. And so Anyway, those are the things that I wanted to share with you because I know we've got some East Coasters getting ready to get, you know, getting ready to leave us. And so I wanted to open that up to some Q&A if we can, if you wanted to. And, I, I do have one, one area that I love the way you shared it. And I, it really changed how I experienced my yes. life because I, I, I even said to you, I'm like, I want to take my computer and throw it against the wall. Oh, yes. And when you shared like obviously, right? You, you're paralyzed and you're told you can't walk and you have to redo your life. I can't even imagine my computer compared to that. What, what was the moment of, as you're deciding that you're going to take this on and, and need to start moving, how do you get past that level of throwing something against the wall? Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, I'd be lying if I told you that I've, I've been positive and optimistic my whole life. In fact, when I when I broke my back and and was was given the news that I'd never walk, never stand, never move my legs again, yeah, I went into a tailspin and I entered the sauna of self pity. That's what I call it, the sauna of self pity, where where I'm just like I'm wallowing in that syrupy, sticky sauna of self pity, and I'm trying to invite people in. Like, hey, come and join me because life sucks. You suck and come join me because I suck too, because my life sucks. My whole identity was wrapped up in my physicality and it was just taken like that. And, uh, and, and so there was a question that was asked in the hospital from a prisoner who was doing some rehab there. He was lifting weights in prison, had an aneurysm, paralyzed from the right side of his body and couldn't speak. And in his slurred speech, he asked me a question that set me free from my prison. So this prisoner asked the question that set me free from my prison. And it changed my life forever. It, it helped me flip the switch, reframe things, look at life different. And instead of throwing the computer at the wall or destroying everything that I came in contact with, it, it changed everything to where I'm like, you know what, let's make this live Let's make this thrive. Let's turn this alive. Let's make this alive. And the question that the prisoner asked me can be found in the book. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will not make you guys do that at all. The, the question, yes, right there. Absolutely. Love you, Tess. I already bought it. The, the, the question that was, that was asked was, why are you crying, dude? 
And I'm like, what? He's like, why are you crying, dude? And in his slurred speech, I understood the question that changed my life forever. And the question was, why are you crying, dude? And that snapped me out of my pity party. I, I flipped the switch. I reframed things. I looked around and I saw this guy who had was paralyzed from the neck down. He had a halo screwed to his skull. He couldn't even feed himself. He was just, he was so dependent on everyone else. And the guy next to him was paralyzed from the neck down as well, but he had some movement. He could move his arm up, but he couldn't move his hand. So they taped the fork to his hand and he's trying to feed himself. And by the time he got his fork to his mouth, the morsels had fallen off his fork and I, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got arms that I can use. I can hug people. I can feel people. I can transfer. Even though it might take me 30 minutes to transfer, I'm able to do these things. And so from that time forth, I approached life with focusing on what I can do instead of what I can't do. And my dream was to, to walk again. My dream was to, to walk out of the hospital, but I had zero movement, zero movement. But what I could do is I could go down to the front of the hospital with my Calvin and Hobbes book, because I needed a little bit of laughter. I would read my Calvin and Hobbes book and I would do some exercises in my mind. I would do leg extensions, leg presses, leg curls. I'd even watch myself walk down the road. And I was doing it to the point where I was physically perspiring as I went down, as I went and did those exercises. And, and as, I, as I mentioned, some of the heaviest lifting I've ever done is in between my ears. Because when we've never done something before, it's always going to seem impossible. And what's interesting is, is that, you know, what we do today on a regular basis was once deemed impossible in the past. You know, Madame Curie was told there's no more elements to be found. And she found two and a Nobel Prize. The Wright brothers were told that you cannot control flight, but we can get across the country in a matter of hours. Running water and indoor plumbing was a distant memory in the past. And now I can just go and flip on, you know, the faucet and get cold or hot water. So what we do today on a regular basis was once deemed impossible in the past. So my question that I want to leave you tonight is, are you ready and willing to take the steps necessary to change your present to improve your future? There's a casual way and a careful way. And I believe it's never too late to begin that journey. I feel like people are waiting for an invitation to take action. What had you know that you were going to take action and no one's going to come in and say, you know, Jeff, you just happen to be an extraordinary human being. I would love for you to like really take your life on. I truly feel like people are waiting for someone to say, you know, you're really wonderful. You really should step into this wonderful leadership program. Like, how does someone tell themselves they matter enough, they're good enough that they absolutely can? Like when I hear you speaking and I'm physically moved to take action. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, I, it took me a long time waiting, thinking if I was good enough, someone was going to notice me and yeah. come and fight me. Yeah participate. Yeah. So it wasn't until I realized no one's coming for me (laughs) and that it was my choice to choose me. Yeah. No one was coming for me. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I I really do. And so 
I love what you said. And, and sometimes we do sit back and wait for permission because we're always told that we can't. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. We hear that word 150,000 times by the time we're 17. And so then we start to believe it. And we start to find all the reasons why we can't, and why all the reasons why they were why they were right. And so if you give yourself permission. Please give yourself permission to fail. And I, and I really do believe that's that's one of the steps that keeps us from, from moving forward is because we don't want to fail because we've been taught that the opposite of success is failing. And if I fail, then I'm not successful. So if I'm failing and I'm not successful, then everyone's right. So give yourself permission to fail and, and give yourself permission to make to take those steps, to get dirty, to get messy. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I love what you said there. Absolutely. And so what I would add is, if not you, then who? Right. I have said that sentence before. And I, I, I woke up one night and it was playing over and over again in my head. And I had to journal about it. It literally was, if not me, then who? Mm-hmm. And if not you, then who? Mm-hmm. If not me, then who? And if not you, then who? Then we're all waiting for someone to take action. And I was like, well, and, and here's the other thing. In all fairness, I would love to show up powerful every single time and extraordinary every single time we do this, but I pick on myself for perfection every single time. But if I quit doing it, how many, no one would be here tonight. Yeah. Right. If I didn't think this was great enough, like I would love to know really like how amazing is it that we all show up each and every time I get messages of how extraordinary it was and what it did for each person. But if I didn't take myself on and I really allowed myself to go, but I'm not perfect. And like, I shouldn't do this because I'm not perfect yet. How many people would really miss out because I'm waiting to only do it when I'm absolutely ready. Right. And that word perfection needs to be understood. First of all, the Greek word for perfection is complete and whole. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, get 80%, get to 80% and, and publish, you know, if you're waiting for your book to be perfect, you know, I'm the worst critic, right? And I was told my whole life that uh, I wasn't an author. I wasn't a writer, you know, sixth grade, I got a D minus in English in in Mm -hmm. high school. My English teacher told me I couldn't write a comprehensive sentence in college. All that was validated in my freshman English class. When I show up and they have us write a paragraph on day one. And then day two, they called six of us in the back. I was one of the six. I go bounding to the back. I'm like, Hey, what did I win? And they're like, you want a date with the remedial English teacher? And I'm like, what does that mean? And like, that's exactly why you need it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so after the 2004 Paralympics, I'm like, okay, how did I get here? How did I, how, how did I become one of the youngest trust managers at this bank? How did I become a member of the Paralympic team? How did I get married? And how did I have two kids at this point? How did I receive these things that I've accomplished up, up to this point? And so I started sifting through my broken back and shattered dreams and discovered these flecks of gold. And I always ask people, I'm like, what's more valuable, a pound of flecks of gold or a pound of gold nuggets? They're the same. They're both a pound. But so often we, we pass over the flecks of gold looking for the gold nuggets. And we're, if, if, all we're going, if all we do is just start gathering these flecks of gold, we'll eventually get there. And so going back again to inch by inch is a cinch yard by yard is hard. We just have to give ourselves permission to begin to mess up, to just, to do our best. You know, I love that statement, you know, good, better, best, never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. Just, just start, just do. 
And, and so I, I, I wrote my book in three months. I just, it just started to download. I'm like, I'm like, yes, yes, this is amazing. Yes. And I, and I wrote and I wrote it out longhand and I got done in three months and I'm like, holy cow. And I still have the original, the original papers that I, that, that I wrote on. Cause I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, someday this is going to be like, and you know, a collector's item, even though it probably won't be, <laughs> but, uh, but I, but I'm like, how did I do this? And I, so I finished in three months and that was 2005 when I finished, but it took me 10 years to change that programming because I was trying to do it on my own. Yeah. And, and, and it didn't need to last that long. It didn't need to, I didn't need to wait 10 years to get it going. Cause I, I wanted to make sure it was perfect and it's not perfect. I, I open it up. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, things have changed. You know, I wrote it in 2005. It's nearly 20 years from now. And I'm like, yeah, I do things different. But I, I was I was very very surprised at how much I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change a lot of it. And so again, I, I love that. I love that. Give yourself. I'm going to give you guys permission to start right now to begin tonight. Today is February 28th. You're like on your calendar. Boom! I just begun. But again, it goes back to you have to know what you want. You have to know your destination. Yeah, you, you have to know what your direction is. And if you know, and so that that's part of that dream. You got to know what your dream is, because if you don't know what you want, then none of this matters. None of this absolutely matters. Right. I know Kevin has sent me a uh, five hundred questions that he wanted me to ask you. So I'm actually going to start with Kevin. I, I'm exaggerating. I tend to exaggerate a little bit, but it's pretty close to 500. So, just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you 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 faced some challenges, just as we we all have. How, what tricks or techniques have you used to stay motivated and focused on your goals? And so, what kind of help direction could you provide to us? You've got to write them down. I know it's I know it's so cliche. You've got to have them in front of you. Because what's interesting is we get so busy, we get so overwhelmed with living. And a lot of times, you know, going back to that, to what uh, George Bernard Shaw said, that 2% of the population think, 3% of the population think they think, and 95% of the population would rather die than think. And so if you're not crystal clear and you don't have them written down, people are going to come to you and try to get you to do what they want. And we get sidetracked all the time. We get sidetracked all the time. And so, so for me, it's just like, I've got to have them in a place where I see them all the time, every day. And so that's part of my daily dime. The daily dime is, you know, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, it's 10 minutes each day to where I focus on those three Ds, the desires, dreams, and, and the things that I'm doing to get to that destination. And, and, and again, you know, I, I kind of stole it from Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. He says that you're supposed to develop self-confidence 10 minutes a day. And I'm like, 10 minutes a day. I'm like, I can't spend 10 minutes a day. That's who I'm like, I don't want to hear myself think for 10 minutes. And it was just so overwhelming. I'm like, I don't want to do this. No way. But five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, I can do that all day long, every day. And so some days it's 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night. Sometimes it's an hour when I get into that routine, because the fifth step that I focus on these 10 steps that I've developed Step number five is is living a two fifty two lifestyle, and and so often you know trying to trying to bridge that gap, we we put goals as the bridge to try to get from point A to point B, and those goals have nothing to support 
themselves on. And, and so the, the 252 is there's five building blocks that's the arch that is established so that the goals will, will, uh, will be supported. And, and so we only have so much time in a day. And, and so for me, the, the two twos, 252s, there's a two, five, and a two. There's five building blocks that support the bridge. And there's four areas in our lives that will, if we focus on those four areas, will be aligned, will become aligned to where we're just, we're just living life, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, smoother, faster, further, and, and, and all that stuff. And, and then that you focus on the keystone habits, you know, Charles DeWig talks about keystone habits, the power of habit. I like to focus on the four that I've established four keystone habits in each of those areas. And, and so if you just focus on those four things, everything falls into place and falls out of place. And it's just keeping it simple. It's just keeping it so simple that, it, that allows it to be flexible as you're going and doing things. And, and, and it's, it's just, it's just magical. So hopefully I answered your question, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Louisa, we have to have him back sometime to talk about the 252 in greater detail. <laughs> I hope we can have him back. I have a question actually. And I, I mean to ask everyone who comes on because people ask me, how do you connect with such extraordinary people and get them on? What had you say yes to me? Like, I know a lot of people probably ask you, come be everywhere. What had you say yes to me? You. <laughs> Who else? <laughs> your smile, your energy, your aura. It's it's contagious. It's it's beautiful. And so and so it was it was your essence. It was you, you know. You know, my desire my desire is to with my faith and courage is to inspire thousands to believe in themselves. And that's what you're doing is, is, is you're providing a community to do that. And I'm like, I want, I want to come. So I don't know if you guys could see this. I do cool. I can't see the rest. It's like I square, cool. square word symbols with my friends. I love that. I, I got that from Kelly Cardenas. And, <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, like attracts like. And so, you know, that's what I wanted to do is, is to be willing to spend some time with you. And, and like I said, thank you for allowing me to sit on your shoulders because it's easy to look good sitting on the shoulders of giants. Hey. I am so hey. grateful. Hi, Joe. Yeah, I was, have you ever seen the river Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix picture? Don't worry, you can't get far. Don't worry about him. You can't get far from here. No, I haven't. Cartoonist. No, that's a, that, you'd love that picture. Okay. Worry, he can't get far from here. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, I'm gonna have to Joaquin look, look that up. Oh yeah, you're gonna go. Wow, that's amazing. That's me. Uh -huh. I like that. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Joe. Since you're off mic, would you like to say anything? I yes. I mean, I I am. You know, it's very inspiring. I I you know the concept about the self pity. The feeling sorry for yourself is one of the most you know, destructive things that you can do to keep you from whatever goal you have. And it seems a lot of people, I, I, I sometimes I get in that, that space, you know, where I feel sorry for myself, you know, and it's 
what the heck are you talking about? I feel far, I'm the luckiest guy that could be in this world right now. You know, why, why would that go through my mind? You know, but that's the two sides of being a human being, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And here's what's interesting. Some of the, some of the most accomplished people that I know of, I mean, I've played some with, with some pretty good athletes in the world. When I was in Sweden, I was invited to Sweden. You know, there were some Formula race car drivers, some premier soccer league coaches. There was a Nobel nominee. We 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 exchanged books with each other, and I wrote him my and I wrote him a little note in my book. And I'm like, "You're more than you think, John." And I handed it to him, and 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 he read that. He's like, "Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed." And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, "You were a, you are a Nobel nominee. What? Why do you need this?" message. And I don't care what you've accomplished, who you are, what you've done, those demons of doubt, fear, and complacency creep in. And and, and you might have chopped them down. You might have eliminated them. They pop their heads back up. They are so resilient. Those are the most resilient suckers. (laughs) Yeah. That self-pity is a bad, bad act. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're, that you're beating them back. Joe's wonderful. No, and it's also, uh, you mentioned Tony Robbins. Uh, the thing I got out of that series, it all starts with a phone call. You know, nothing happens until you make the phone call. And so many people go through, oh, my God, why do they want to hear from me? What could I tell them that, they, you know, you run your, your head down? But it's a, it's a, a, a physical thing. If you reach for the phone, something's going to happen. Yeah. Make the call. Make yeah. the call. And you prove it, Louisa. You make the call, you get everybody to come here. And, and exactly what Griff said is because you are so charming. You are so full of love and life. Who would say no to you? If anybody <laughs> says no to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for saying all of that. And Joseph, it really, you know, it's so interesting because I used to skip over when I, I would receive love and it would get so uncomfortable. It's like, oh, my God, and skip right over it. I, right. I'm so touched and I'm so grateful. And I for everyone in here, honestly, like I know when I realized how valuable time was, it was for me, every single thing that I did got so much more important when I realized I was giving something else up to be here. And what was I giving up to be where I was? And if that wasn't going to have me overjoyed, I wasn't going to do it anymore. So if every single time I stood behind a client at the salon, if I was thinking I'd rather be somewhere else, I said no to them. I I swear to God, I stopped going in to do anybody for anything if it wasn't overjoyed standing there. And when you were talking about desire, until I even knew what I wanted to do, I remember I was having a crappy day by myself and I was a teenager, my son's age, I was going into, I was a waitress at a restaurant and I went into work and all of a sudden my crappy day turned into a great day. And I remember saying to myself, mental note, you like people, you like being around people, just do that. And before I knew anything of what I wanted to do, all I knew is it had to be around people because I light up and I get energized with people. So when we're looking for what is it that we want to do, even if we don't know what physically excites us is where to start. Like your body, our body tells us. Yeah. No, listen to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anyone else that has a question before I jump off and, and let you guys get to sleep? Some of you. 
I just wanted to say I met you a year ago in Sundance, Utah at Chris Nagel's event. And there were a lot of great speakers, but your speech touched me the most. I won't give away the ending of it, but it was amazing. So anyone who has not seen him speak in person, do it as quick as you can. It was amazing. So that's where I got the book. Where are you where are you speaking next? How can we all follow everything that you're doing? If you want to follow along, you can go to griffinmotivation.com. That's the easiest. I have my uh, social media handles on the top header. That's G-R-I-F-F-I-N, like the mythical beast. I like to, you know, Griffin is a mythical beast, half lion, half eagle. I like to think of myself as a mythical beast, but my wife reminds me that I'm neither a beast nor mythical. <laughs> so, And so anyway, griffinmotivation.com, you can go there and you can get the updates and whatnot. And I'll be in the Caribbean speaking. So if you can make it down to Miami on the Royal Caribbean on March 4th, we're going to be sit and sell for five days. But if that's too too short of notice, we're going to be doing a speech down in Arizona at the country club. When is that? March 18th, I believe it is. Okay, we're going to, I need a little bit more future dates, but I'm, we're coming. Yes. And, and, and if any of you guys have a business or, or an event that want, wants me to come out, we'll be happy to arrange that and, and make that happen. You know, we, we, we we move we move the needle on these companies and we have some great experiences. There's one company there in Newport that I spoke for, spoke to, and they wanted to bring in 400 million new dollars that they've never done before. And they had 60 relationship managers, and we went in there and we shared the three Ds, introduced the three Ds, and eliminated their excuses. And um, I called them up a year later to find out what the results was. And, and uh, Ian's like, I, I don't know if she had told you what the number was, but we ended up with $530 million. And so 130 million more than they are expecting. And so we, the results, like I said, they're, they're predictable, they're repeatable and uh, they're proven. And so thank you, Louisa, for, for allowing me to, to be here. Any other questions before I jump off? Yay, my son is going to ask a question. I love this. Connor, shoot. All right. Well, you went to the Olympics. That's like unbelievable. That's like amazing. What was it like in Greece? What was that experience? Now, now before I answer that, Connor, I got to ask if you were even born by the, in that year, 2004. I was two years off. So 2006. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So it, it was an honor because, you know, the Olympics were in August. The Paralympics were two weeks, two weeks later. And... Uh, got to go and be where the the Olympics originated from. And I went on top of the Parthenon and was able to see Greece at a different, a different angle, different view. And, and that's what dream weaving does is it takes you to another level, another new heights that you haven't been before. And one of my teammates, Jeff Glassbrenner, who was the first male American amputee to summit Mount Everest Wow. He did he did that in 2017, I believe it was. And so if you've seen the movie Skyscraper, Dwayne Rock Johnson is is an FBI agent or a federal agent who got his leg blown off. And my teammate taught him how to, to act in that. And so 
Athens was amazing. You know, my sister didn't like it. She's like, ugh, the people are rude. I'm like, I, they're super nice to me. And she's like, yes, because you're Olympian. You're, 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 you're a Paralympian and they treat you like a God. And I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. And so <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That's really awesome. She gets to see any historical monuments. Went to the Parthenon, which is up there on top of the, on top of the mountain. And a lot of our Western civilization ideas come from Aristotle, Socrates, and the one that starts with the P. Pluto. That's it. See, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to quiz you on that, but uh, Plato <laughs> and it was, and so, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was great times and memories I'll never forget. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. You betcha, man. Jeff, so much love and prayers for your wife, for her speedy healing and miraculous, quick, like instant healing. So grateful that you joined us regardless of what's going on in your life. And, and yeah. that's what makes you superpower. Yeah. Well, thank you for the invitation. I see some of you guys in the shadows there. I would, I would invite every single one of you guys to step out of the shadows into the light and, and, and let your light so shine to the world and let that song that sings in your soul be heard by others. And, uh, and again, I, Love, love you guys. Appreciate this opportunity. Again, if you want that possibility principle, text the word possible at that number. And I don't know if you heard it. It was beat, it was dinging a little bit. I was a little distracted. It was like ding, 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 ding. And uh, and we'll we'll get that sent to you ASAP. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you guys. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Oh, it's gone. How awesome was he? If you guys want to hop, stay on for a couple minutes and I hate it. Run, but it was great. It's awesome. Love you, love you, love you. you on the streaming, go see the movie. Don't worry, he can't get far from here with the <laughs> themes. It's, it, it's amazing, especially after his, his presentation. I can't wait to watch yeah, it. Yeah, try and find it, David. It'll, you know, it'll blow your mind. We'll watch it. So that was very amazing. Fabulous. Really, cool. really cool. Yeah. I mean, you talk about challenges, overcoming challenges. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody should be here in a wheelchair. Then we'd all be. You can't feel sorry for yourself more than one minute more than he did. You know, it's impossible. You know, I know. He would I, have ever. When you physically like put yourself in that position, can you imagine how to do any of what he had to? figure out and, and the vulnerability of what it takes to like request support, like how many people have to help you. And I'm like, right. You know, I, if I ask for something, it makes me insane to, to ask a question. And then could the, the vulnerability of having to ask and needing that much help, what, what that takes. Yeah. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Very good observation. Fantastic. Yeah. Last weekend, for three days, there was no electricity. I thought the world had fallen apart. Right? <laughs> I had no lights. What am I going to do? I, I went know. through that, too. We were out of power from Wednesday last week till Sunday. Oh, <clears throat> that beats my... How many times did you <clears throat> reach for the light switch, right? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> How many times did you fill the generator? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's need... definitely. There's only going to be more of them.
Yeah. All right. Nice to see everybody. Good night. Talk to you tomorrow. Night, everybody. Okay. Corinne, what were you going to say? Nothing. Oh, okay. I just want, want to make sure that everyone got to feel. Corinne has nothing to say. That's not I, possible. David, oh, come on, man. <laughs> All right. I'm tired. <laughs> I can't. Well, hello. Tess is three hours ahead. Just so y'all know. Oh, wow. Michael, how many hours are you ahead? The same time as us. No. Michael? Yeah. Michael, he's, you're thought, on, he's not on what? the same time. What? What? Are Where you are you at, Michael? I'm north of you. Yeah, he's the same time as us. No. Are yeah, you? Yeah. He's on the West Coast. Don't tell anyone <laughs> I know that. What's up? Michael, you just seem to live in the future. That's all. That's right. There you go. (laughs) How's it going, David? It's going well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. That's good to hear. We need to to catch up. Yeah. I love that my son asked questions. Did he jump off already? No, he's still on there, but he's hiding. But Daniela, did you what did you think, Daniela? It was awesome. Honestly, I loved everything he said. I thanks so much for bringing him in and just being able to hear his story. And I don't know, I feel like it resonated with me because I was living in Utah for a little bit. And when he said he was in Utah and Ogden, it's just, I don't know, when you find something in common with some someone, it, ju- it just makes it like more relatable to you and more personal. So mm-hmm. that was- yeah. I bought his book during the class. So I'll definitely buy the book too. Sounds I'm like going to send it to him. He has to sign it that way. I'm like, I just absolutely think he's such a beautiful soul and he radiates love. So like how mad. How old was he? He said, I, I, forget, I missed it. How old was he I when think, that happened to him? Well, it was college. So early so 20s. In his 20s. Okay. Crazy. How excited is everyone to start taking action as of like right now? Okay. There's a phone. I'm picking it up. What are we doing? What is an action piece that we're going to add to that? Everything. Picking up the phone. Do it. You know, get up our chairs and just do something like action. Yeah. Action. Be grateful for everything that we have. Everything. Mm -hmm. No matter how small or how big. I remember one of the days that someone said between today and tomorrow what's the one action step you could take that will move your needle forward. That one decision launched my, my summit. Mm. Like it was, I was stuck knowing I wanted to host the summit, knowing that if I asked the speaker, if they would speak for me the hundred percent, they were going to say yes. I just didn't know the back end of the, the technology part of what happens. And I needed a VA. So I kept thinking a VA was going to fall into my lap and my summit was going to happen because the VA was going to fall into my lap. And I, but I didn't know how to hire a VA because I didn't know what they were supposed to do. How do you call someone and say, will you work for me if I don't know what your job description is? And it didn't matter that I didn't know it. I just decided I was going to look for a VA and I hired someone that day and a month and a half later I had 22 speakers. So it was just that one between today and tomorrow What's the one thing we could do to move the needle forward? And if we can all figure that out between today and tomorrow, let me know. Today gets extra special. Have a great night. Love you all.